Luke was the author of the book of Acts and also uh, the book of... Very good. Excellent. You're wide awake this morning. This is wonderful. So Luke, uh, Luke was, a, was a physician, and he was uh, an educated man. He was a man who recorded what was going on. He actually recorded the workings of the Holy Spirit or the Acts of the Apostles. That's what we call the book of Acts. It's the Acts of the Apostles, what God did through the Apostles. Okay, so here's, here's what uh, Luke records. He says, we boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Neapolis. Can you say Neapolis with me? Neapolis. Very good, children. <laughs> From there we reached Philippi. Can you say Philippi? Philippi with cherry... No. Uh, that's, bad. that's just bad. Uh, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. Okay, here's the thing. Next week, we're going to be talking about what city do you think? Very good. We're going to talk about Philippi. But today, I want to talk about Neapolis. Now, this is the only mention, uh, as far as I know, the only mention of Neapolis in the Scripture. And, uh, and I want to zero in on that verse 11. They sailed across uh, from Troas, a, a journey of about 100 miles, and they landed in the port city, the seaport of Neapolis, the gateway to Europe. Okay, so here's the thing. Neapolis, if you know your Greek, means, nea means new, and polis meaning city, the new city. And as I was meditating on this, um, I felt God saying to me that I need to speak to you about the new things that God wants to do in your life. You may be here today, your life is going along fairly humdrum, nothing really new, nothing's changing, it's pretty much maybe what you consider Dullsville, both both in your sort of your day-to-day -day living and your spiritual life. Well, I want, I'm here to, to tell you this morning that God wants to do something new in your life. He wants to shake things up for you. He wants you to come alive. And everybody said? And, and what else? Hallelujah is a good one. Anything else? Praise the Lord. Yeah, you can clap. Yeah, I want, because listen, clap. Go ahead, clap. That's it, yeah. Okay, this is the clapping section. This is the... This is the, the section that's not sure what's going on. This one's asleep. I, I don't know. I'm just joking. I'm joking. One of my elders are over there. You better not be asleep. <laughs> okay, listen. Hi, Jess. Um, here's what I want you to know. Here's what, here's what I want you to know. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, um, it is impossible to please God without faith. Can you say that with me? And it is impossible to please God without faith. Say it one more time. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11.6. Say it. Hebrews 11.6. Now you know where that verse lives. Now here's what you need to understand. When, whenever you set out to do something by faith, it means that you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. You're moving away from what is familiar. You're moving outside of what you can do in your own strength, in your own power, in your own wisdom, in your own energy. Anytime you step out in faith, what you're doing, folks, are you listening? What you're doing is you are doing what God is calling you to do. And it doesn't come natural. It doesn't come easy. It takes faith. It means believing God and doing what he says. Ready? Here's what faith is. It's believing God and doing what he says. Say that with me. 
believing God and doing what he says. Okay, here's what's wrong with Christianity in North America. We really don't believe God. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Leonard. But the problem is, is that we don't believe God because we don't do what he says. We don't take those steps of faith. We don't step outside of our comfort zone. And God is saying this to us this morning. If you want to know the power of God at work in your life, if you want to experience the miraculous, if you want to experience something outside of the, the normal, if you want to know and see God at work, then you've got to step outside of that comfort zone and you've got to believe God and say, God, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I don't feel comfortable with this. This is outside of my skill set. This is outside of my wisdom, my ability. But God, because you say it, I'm going to do it. Thank you, Ray. I'm going to get you to sit right beside me. You finish all my sentences. You're Thank you. That's what faith is. Faith is believing God and doing what he says. Say it with me. Believing God and doing what he says. And so when you leave here today, you're going to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? And he's going to say, uh, maybe for some of you, he's going to say, I want you to tithe. Oh, God, something else. Give me something else. <laughs> or God's going to say, I want you to talk to your neighbor about Jesus. Okay, that's a good one, but something else, God. <laughs> or God's going to say, uh, uh, I want you to, to step out and do ministry at the Lighthouse Mission. I want you to, to go to Zambia. I want you to go up north and do ministry. I can tell you this. Whenever you step outside of your comfort zone in response to what God tells you to do, the Bible says that he, is, he rewards those who diligently seek him. Now, I don't know about you, but I can tell you this this morning. I want any rewards that God has. Anybody with me on this? Do you want the rewards of God? Then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to step out in faith and do that thing that's uncomfortable, unfamiliar, that's outside of your comfort zone. I want you to know this, that God wants to show up and do some amazing things for you. Now, some of us are going to Africa, and uh, some of us are set. Those who are going to Kitwe, you're set. Those of us who are going to Chihuahua, we're not so set. <laughs> At least we don't know what's going on. But how many know today that God knows what's going on? God knows all about it. And so here's the thing. Today, God is calling you to embrace what is new. I want to tell you, those of you who are in our church, you know that the thing that I love more than anything is to step out in faith and do the new things that God wants us to do. So I want to talk to you about that today, about doing the new thing, the thing that God is calling you to do. It's outside of your comfort zone. The very first thing I want you to understand is that for the Apostle Paul, uh, he was going to a new place. He, he, he was born and raised in Turkey, what, what is today modern-day Turkey. In his day, it was, it was Asia Minor. He was, he was from Tarsus. Tarsus is on the coast of Turkey on, on the Mediterranean. And now God is saying, okay, you know, I've got to shake this guy loose because he's been wandering through Turkey preaching the gospel. And, and, and suddenly Paul says, something strange begins, has begun to happen. The Spirit of God is stopping us. Remember last week we talked about when God says no? 
Yeah, so here's the thing. God's saying no to him. You can't, you can't minister here anymore. You can't minister. Everywhere they go, God says no, 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 no. And Paul's in frustration. He says, hey, God, what then? Do you ever do that? God, what's going on here? What? And God's basically saying, I've got something new for you. I've got a new assignment, something altogether different. And the Apostle Paul gets the vision of the man from Macedonia. And the man from Macedonia says, come over here. Come over to Greece. So Paul goes over. He leaves what is familiar. He leaves his familiar place. He leaves his familiar country. And he goes to a new place. To something unfamiliar. Something uncomfortable. A place and a people that have different customs. A different way of doing things. A different way of speaking. Have you ever been called out of your comfort zone? Well, I hope you have, because I'm going to tell you this today, that anybody who is diligently seeking God, anybody who wants to step out in faith and do the will of God, I'm going to tell you this, God's going to take you to a new place. Neapolis, nea meaning new, polis meaning city, a new place. What does God want to do in your life right now? Maybe, here's the thing, you've been in the same place now for a long time, and it's dull and boring, and... God's stirring up your heart and saying, now it's time for, time for something new, time for a new way of doing things. I'm going to tell you this. 30 of us are going to Zambia. I'm going to tell you there could be nothing more unfamiliar, uh, nothing more new than going to Africa. I've never been to Africa. I've been a lot of places in the world, but I've never been to Africa. And guess what? Since those of us who have made that commitment to, to go to Africa, we've begun to see... Our hearts stirred. We've begun to see miracles take place. I wish I could get all 30 people up here and let them tell you their stories of how God has provided for them financially so they could go to Africa. Listen to this, people. If they hadn't made that step of faith, if they hadn't stepped out and said, God, I'm willing to go where you want me to go, if they hadn't done that, they would not have experienced the miraculous move of God. You want to experience the miraculous in your life, and you've got to take that step of faith. You've got to step out of the place, the comfort zone that you're in right now, and go where you're maybe not that comfortable. Now, I'm going to tell you this. God has not made any promises that when you go to that new place that you're going to be comfortable. I've I got, uh, I, I got to give you um, a disclaimer here, because I don't want anybody coming back and suing me. <laughs> Pastor, you said if I went to the new place, everything... No, listen to me. God never promised that when you get there, it's going to be comfortable. Sorry, Janet. It's not necessarily going to be comfortable. But I'm going to tell you this. God will be there, and God will do the miraculous. God will not even promise that you will have a problem-free visit in that new place, wherever it may be, whether it's a new job, a new community. Maybe you're visiting here today, and you're considering this as a new church for you. I'm not promising it that you're not going to have any problems or that everything's going to go hunky-dory and that uh, it's, it's going to be just showers of blessing all the time. But I can tell you this, that when you respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit and you do what God wants you to do, then God is able, God is able then to pour out his blessing. Where otherwise, he can't. Because the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God and he rewards those who diligently seek him. You seek God and you go to that new place that God wants you to go and watch what God will do. 
And man, is it ever easy to stay in your comfort zone and not move from that place? This past week, some of you may know, or may not know, I don't know, that I was, uh, I was in a new place. Uh, for a long time now, I have not accepted any uh, requests to speak at any camps or speak anywhere because I've got a family and a church and I need to stay, I've got I to concentrate on that, my, that my hands are full with that. But God, uh, God laid it on my heart to, to say yes to speaking at a camp up north. It, it was back, I don't know how many months ago, uh, even before we were going to Africa. And I said, yes, I'll go to Africa. I mean, I'll, go to, uh, I'll go to this camp. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to Africa, and I'm going to go to this camp in, in Saskatchewan. It's a camp run by Lawrence Trafford. Anybody remember Lawrence Trafford, the evangelist? I couldn't say no to him. And uh, so here I am, uh, preached Sunday morning, and left Monday morning to go to, Af- uh, to, go to <laughs> sing Africa. <laughs> I think the reason I, I'm saying Africa, folks, is because it was like Africa. I got on the airplane, he picked me up at the airport, we drove like mad to the camp because I had to speak at 10.30, my plane arrived there at about, uh, uh, see, 8.30, and we had just two hours to get there. Um, I, he, he brought me to my room, and I had no idea what I was in for. He brought me to my room and said, uh, so glad to have you here, we'll see you in a few minutes, left me alone. So I, I'm looking around my room. There's no closet, no place to hang the 10 shirts that my wife just ironed for me. There were lots of drawers, tiny little drawers. How many know that when you're a man my size, a drawer this big is just not big enough for your clothes? I pull the drawers out, and every, there's, there's, it's full of bugs. Every drawer. Bugs and... Spiders and ants and uh, cobwebs, lots of them. Not just in the drawers, but in the corners, all the corners of the room. And I'm saying, God, what have you got me into? What have I agreed to? And there's, there's ants walking along the ro- right along the wall there. And it, it was so hilarious, I burst out laughing. I was like, hi, ant. <laughs> There's ants everywhere. I'm sitting on the bed. They're dropping on my face, just crawling up my legs. Put my feet down in the morning. There's an ant crawling up my leg. God, what have you got me into? Spiders crawling everywhere, mosquitoes, bugs, flies, you name it. And I'm saying, God, I don't want to be here. Have you ever done that? God, I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. I, I, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. I'm, I'm, I'm being very honest with you, okay? Your pastor is very, very, very human. God, I made a mistake. They show me the shower. Look at the size of me. Do you really think I can fit in a shower that's two feet by two feet? I get in the shower thinking, well, there's at least one good thing that's going to happen around here. I'm going to have a good hot shower, right? Right? I get in there, oh, finally, nice hot shower. And it's hot. I got my hair washed. And that was about it. And it went cold. God, what am I doing here? 
I will get outside of the, the bathroom and look up, and there's the hot water tank. It's about the size of a five-gallon pail. <laughs> I can't wash in five gallons of hot water. Look at the size of me. I can't do that. God, what am I doing here? The shower lasts about two minutes. My kids would never survive there, especially Sarah. I, I go in and have my first session with these kids. No, they're not, it's not what I expected. These are inner city kids, and they're not used to sitting and listening to anybody talk. I'm sure that most of them are on Ritalin, and most of them are suffering from attention deficit disorder, and I have all my notes, and I'm all ready to go, and God said, God, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't hear it audibly, but I sensed in my heart that God was having a good laugh. <laughs> someone, once, someone once said, if you want to make God laugh, show him your plans. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm standing there before God, and I'm saying, God, what have you got me into? And I'm, now I feel a little ticked off. Anybody ever feel ticked? And saying, God, why, what have you got me into? God, what have you got me into? And so I knew right then and there that I had got to tell stories, or I was never going to be able to keep these kids' attention. And I began to tell them stories of ways that God has worked in my life in ways that God wants to work in their lives. Well, guess what? These unruly kids that were climbing the walls and talking, visiting, laying on each other's laps, picking each other's ears, picking each other's noses, you wouldn't believe the things that these kids are doing. Now suddenly they're forgetting about each other's noses, ears, and other places, and they're listening. And their hearts are open. And I'm seeing the Spirit of God move in there and do something special. And the kids afterwards said, Thanks, Pastor. Oh, that was great. See you later. I went back to my room and said, God, what have you got me into? What am I doing here? What is this all about? That night, I went to chapel. I was supposed to be the children's speaker and then speak to the adults at night and, and the youth. So I come to the chapel, there's 60 inner city kids and about 40 or 50 senior citizens. Now just think about this for a minute. How do you speak to 50, I'm not talking about 55 plus, I'm talking 70 plus. How do you talk to 50, 70 plus people and a bunch of kids from the core area? And so there I am, standing behind the pulpit, looking down. All the seniors sat in the middle, and all the youth sat on either side. And I said, God, what have you got me into? And I knew right then and there, I had to toss my notes and start from scratch. I just told them story after story about the way that God helped me to take those steps of faith to trust him and watch what God would do. At the end of it all, a little girl comes up to me after the service. I hadn't done an altar call and asked anybody to come forward to receive Jesus. A little girl comes up to me and she said, she says, whatever you're talking about, the way that God was helping you, I want that. And she said, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I, I didn't even say anything about it because I was like frustrated with God and what are you doing with God with yeah, yeah. And this little girl's coming and said, I want, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I say, really? <laughs> and right then and there, I led her to Jesus. 
The next day, I spoke again. And all through the night, I'm praying, and I'm asking God for help. And I'm, I, like I went to bed at 8 o'clock. I was so frustrated. And, and God began to deal with me. Boy, did God deal with me in this new place. Amazing what God can say to you, what God can do with you when you're in a new place. Amen? There I am in a new place, and God's talking to me. The next day, I preached again, telling them about God's goodness and how God wants to help them through this difficult life. I said, if there's anybody here today that wants to give their heart to Jesus, I want you just to come forward. I didn't even say close your eyes, no, no special music. It was just like this. I said, anybody want to ask Jesus into their heart? Come on up here. And boom, 40 kids standing at the altar, just standing there saying, Pastor, what have you got for me? Did, you ever, did God ever hit you in the head with a two-by-four before? I got my hit in the head, boy. Forty kids asked Jesus into their heart. There's so many kids asked Jesus into the heart. All the camp staff there, they didn't, they, were, they didn't know what to do. God did something special because I went to a new place. Are you ready to go to a new place? Are you ready for the new thing that God wants to do in your life? I'm not saying it's going to be comfortable. I'm not saying it's going to be bug-free. I'm not saying you're not going to have spiders crawling over you. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is this, is that when you show up and say, God, here am I, use me, I'm willing to go to that new place, God is going to do things that you never expected. God takes you to new places. Not only does he take you to new places, but he introduces you to new people. Neapolis. Nea meaning new police, also meaning citizens or people. New people. Here are these 60 kids from the core area. And I got to know them. They got to talk to me. They got to share with me their stories. And one after the other told me that some of the saddest things I have ever heard in my life. These kids, uh, they looked to me as the one who led them to Jesus, and now they felt that they could tell me their stories. And one after the other, tell me. One little boy says, my mother mother tried to kill me when I was little, and, uh, and now I'm in a foster home. Another one says, my mother, my mother beat me up. Another one. My uncle abused me. And it went on and on. God began to stir my heart and put such a love in my heart for these little, these little rascals, these little, these little darlings, these little brats, these little sweethearts. And I began to see them through the eyes of Jesus. And I got to know some of the senior citizens, and I said, I'm sorry that I'm not preaching expository sermons with, with texts and lots of Bible verses. I'm sorry that I'm telling you stories tonight. So I said to these seniors, and you know what they said to me? They said, we don't care what you do. Just keep doing what you're doing with these kids. Is it what thrills our heart? They didn't care about themselves. They, were only cared, they only cared about the kids. Wow, thank God for godly senior citizens who don't care about themselves. Thank God for godly Christians who move to a place where it's not all about you, but it's about others. Is that you today? Is it all about you, or do you care about the lost? 
Do you care about those who haven't heard? Do you care about those who are not used to what we are used to? I told him the story. of some people in my life that have experienced some terrible, terrible things, terrible heartache, terrible abuse. And uh, God laid on my heart to call kids forward to receive healing for their broken hearts. And I said, if anybody here tonight has experienced any kind of abuse, any kind of molestation, any kind of rejection, any kind of hurt or pain, I want you to know tonight that Jesus can heal your broken heart. Jesus can deliver you. What, what followed absolutely shocked me. The night before, it was 40 kids that came forward to receive Christ. The next night, I think all but five kids came forward to be prayed for. You never saw so much crying, so many tears, sobbing, and Lawrence Trafford, myself, and a few other pastors, we went around from child to child and just laid hands and then prayed for them and asked God to set them free. The Spirit of God moved in that place. And I said, Jesus, I repent. I repent of my bad, my bad attitude. I repent of my unwillingness to leave my comfort zone. I repent. God, forgive me and give me a heart to embrace new people. People that need you. Are you willing to do that? We're going to Africa to meet new people. We went down to Lighthouse Mission to meet new people. I love that picked photograph we saw of David Carroll talking to one of the, one of the patrons of the Lighthouse Mission. Moves my heart. Willingness to reach out and meet new people. Those of you who have been part of this church for years, there's new people here today. I hope that before you leave here today, you'll embrace them. Okay, don't embrace them, but shake their hand at least and smile at them. Don't freak them out. I'm going to tell you this, people. When you reach out to new people, God does something in you and changes you, and you become a new person. And God blesses you. I remember when Greg first came to this church. Greg was up here just a moment ago. Greg is very quiet, and I'm a talker. And we went out for lunch. The first time, Greg, you remember that, to to the Tony Romas, and there's poor Greg sitting there surrounded by my family. We're all looking at him. <laughs> and I'm trying to talk to Greg. I don't know if Greg was freaked out or what, but there we were. <laughs> yeah. Interrogation lamp. <laughs> What's, who are you? Where are you from? What are you all about? And on and on and on. And uh, little did I know that Greg would become one of my right-hand men in serving God in this church. Embrace new people and watch what God will do in your life. Step out of your comfort zone. Don't just stick to your, your clan, your people. The people you're comfortable hanging out with. Because God wants to do something in your life. And if I hadn't reached out to those little kids, those sweet, those sweet broken, hurting kids, they wouldn't have received from God. Yeah, that's right, people. God wants to use you as a channel of his blessing to a broken and hurting world. The Apostle Paul left his people and went and met a new people. And you want to know something? You want to know how effective Paul was? 
in meeting the new people and introducing them to Jesus Christ, do you know that they actually changed the name of Neapolis? They changed it to Christopolis. The Byzantines changed it to Christopolis because it was the very first city that embraced Jesus Christ. It became Christ's city. Isn't that fantastic? It's fantastic. What was Neapolis becomes Christopolis, Christ's city, because the Apostle Paul was not afraid to step out in faith and be used by God to bring Christ to that city. What are you willing to do? What new people are you willing to embrace? We've got our summer interns inviting all these kids, and these kids need to be embraced. And I say, thank God for their willingness to do that. They send out flyers throughout the community, going door to door, handing out these flyers. And I say, thank God, embracing new people. I want to close with just one more point this morning. I'll let you go. Anybody bored? Want to go? Hear a, bit, a little bit more? Five, five more minutes? Okay. God's calling us to embrace new places, new people, and new things. Now, I've got, I got to tell you this. I've got to tell you this. It's hard for us to change. Would anybody say amen to that? Amen. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to change. We don't like change. Pastor, can we sing the, the chorus of the hymns we sang 30 years ago and 40 years ago or 50 years ago? Why can't we sing? Why can't we do? Why can't we have? Why can't we be? How many understand that God is the God of the living and not of the dead? Everybody understand that today? He is alive. And, he, and the Bible says, sing a new song unto the Lord. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the old songs. But does it, will it hurt if we just jazz it up a little bit? Does it hurt if we add a new song now and again? Does it hurt to try something new for a change? I'm going to tell you something very interesting. If you look, if you look at, at what has happened through the course of history, you'll see that Christians, have almost always led the way in that which is new. Has anybody ever heard of the Gutenberg Bible? The printing press? Brand new, a brand new idea. Oh my goodness, heresy, the world's coming to an end, that we're producing the Bible in mass quantities. It should be written by hand by a monk, right? Because can the Bible really be spiritual and holy if it's written by hand or by, by printing press? And we started producing the Bible so that everybody could have a copy of the scripture. When radio came out, it took the people of God to understand that here's a fantastic opportunity to spread the gospel by radio. When the TV came out, it was the same thing. It was a fantastic opportunity to spread the gospel through TV. Anybody remember growing up watching the Billy Graham Crusades on TV? Wow. Anybody remember when the overhead projector came out? You could actually put words on the walls, and this is a fantastic. And people thought, oh, the end of the world has come, the church is coming to an end because we're not using a hymn book that was printed on a printing press that the Christians back then protested against the printing press, but now it's okay. And then we went from the overhead projector to, the, to that projector. And instead of pastors breaking and ruining their vocal cords, we've got sound systems. God wants to do a new thing, people. 
And then we got computers, and we got the Internet. And here's the thing, people. God wants to use new things to see his gospel go forward. You mentioned in that video clip about the Ignatian Way, the Via Ignatia, the Roman superhighway built from, from uh, the Adriatic to the Aegean. It's a superhighway for, for the armies of Rome to keep order in the empire. And God says, I'm going to use the Via Ignatia to spread the gospel throughout Europe. And so the Apostle Paul gets on the Via Ignatia in Neapolis. Oh, Rome thought that that highway was for them, but God said, no, I'm going to have that highway built. I'll get Rome to build it so that Paul can bring the gospel to all the cities along the way. Isn't that great? The Via Ignatia. And the Apostle Paul takes the Via Ignatia, built for armies of Rome. But God had it built for his armies of heaven. And the Apostle Paul and his companions went along that way preaching the gospel. And next week you're going to hear about how he comes on the Ignatia, via Ignatia, on the Ignatian way. He arrives from Neapolis to Philippi and preaches the gospel. And you're going to hear about that next week. But let me tell you this today. God wants to use that which is new. And this fall, you're going to see some new things around here. I don't want anybody freaking out. I want you to understand that God's got some new and great things ahead for us. I need you to continue to tithe. I need you to continue to give. I need you to continue to support the work of God. I'm going to tell you this, people. We, together, are a team that God wants to use to, to take the gospel forward. And it's not just three or four or ten, ten families responsible for this, but it's everybody who calls himself or herself a child of God. So I have to invite you to get on board and do what God wants you to do. Be prepared for the new thing that God wants to do. Now I'm going to tell you this, the camp. That's a, it was a relatively new idea. And uh, God has done great things through camps. It's at camp that I received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It was at camp that I felt the call to ministry. God does great things at camp. It's being willing to use any method, any means, anything, any new thing for the glory of God. Can I encourage you today to say, God, what do I have? in my life that you want to use. And then watch what God can do. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 to 19, listen to this, listen to this. God says to the prophet Isaiah, forget the former things. Does everybody know what former things are? Forget the things from yesterday. And do not dwell on the past. That's what God, now God is speaking through Isaiah. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Can I read that again? See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. Do you perceive that God's doing a new thing around here? How many felt from the beginning of this year that there's been some exciting things taking place? It's, it's a new day for this church. I believe that this fall is going to be something we've never seen before. 
God says, I'm, take, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's a new day, and God has got new things for us. And God's calling you and me to embrace new places, new people, and new things for his glory and for his honor. I went to that camp and I said, God, I'm, I, I don't have time for this. When I, by the time I get back from camp, I've only got 13 days and I'm off to Africa. Gloria and I are both going. We both have to raise our own funds and we haven't even raised any funds yet. It's a lot of money, God. How many know God knows all about it? I'm going to just close with this, just to encourage your faith. Hebrews 11:6, and it is impossible. Say it with me, and it is impossible to please God without faith. And He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Lawrence Trafford found out that I was going to Africa, and you know what he did? He stands up on the Wednesday night before my 40 or 50 senior citizens and my 60 uh, Ritalin children. <laughs> he says, I want to take up an offering tonight for Pastor Allen. I told him that, uh, I told him that the budget was going to be about 250000 He said, can we do 1% to help Pastor Allen? And so he said, I want to, I want to raise $2,500. For Zambia. And he said, the way we're going to do it is I'm going to ask some of you kids to come and work for six hours. That's <laughs> the strangest camp I've ever been to, inviting the kids to come and work for six hours. He said, and you're not going to just take it easy. You're going to work hard and sweat. And you're going to make some money so that Pastor Allen can go to Africa. And I was shocked at the kid, number of kids that came forward to say, pick me. I want to serve. And uh, when everything was said and done, they raised $2,500 for Africa. Amen. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Say it with me. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Are you ready for something new, folks? Are you ready for that new place? Are you ready to meet those new people? Are you ready for those new things? Say, God, here am I. Help me to go forward and do what you want me to do. Would you stand with me, please?